Thank you so much, guys, for coming to the podcast. It's always exciting to have international friends to be on the show. So welcome. Thank yeah, you. Thank, thank you for inviting us. Yeah. And we also have our co-host Andrew here again. Hi, Andrew. Hello. Nice meeting you. Okay, so would you guys like to start with what you do, who you are, and talk about your firm and product, please? Yeah, should I should I go? Yeah, yeah. sure. So um, we are Moto, and we are an urban tech startup based in Incheon, South Korea. We develop and operate a smart advising display equipped with multiple sensors that can be mounted on the roofs of vehicles. So we usually operate this mainly on taxis or the riding chair vehicles like Lyft, Uber. First, with this display, we directly run digital out of home advertisements as an intermediary between the supply side and the uh, demand side. At the same time, we are expanding our business as an urban data platform for smart cities. So within our device, we collect more than 100 different types of street level data from more than uh, 30 different types of sensors. So we pretty much collect all the chemicals from air quality to smell, sounds in real time. And so far, um, data is usually used by governments, but um, I think we have a potential to expand this business to B2C, B2B, even B2G, which, which is where we're doing right now. So um, as we go on. Yes. I met Gian in Las Vegas during CES week. And I still have this flyer here. <laughs> they had a very cool presentation. They had a taxi, a car at their exhibit area. And I wanted to invite them to this show. Yeah, I, uh, I sent uh, emails to like thousand different people. And you're actually one of two. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and I'm a very nice person. You know, that's how you can tell that I'm nice because I responded to email. Um, <laughs> Andrew, do you have any questions so far? Yeah, no, I read the case study and I think it's really interesting and it's very timely to be kind of addressing quality of life, you know, as part of a smart city objective. So it's a very interesting read. Maybe we should make this available to the to the readers, Minja, if, if, if it's okay. Um, but I mean, maybe if we could, I'm more curious to take a step back to learn more about you guys, Chuyong and, and Sangun. It would be great to provide us some of your background and your roles within in Motov. And I know on LinkedIn, Jiyoung, it says you're a research scientist. So I'm very curious. It's very, very impressive. And I'm sure both of you guys are equally impressive. But maybe we can just take a, a step back and learn more about your background and your experiences and your roles within within the firm. Yeah, I think um, that's what Dr. Sungun yeah. should go for, uh, go for first because he's our CTO. <laughs> <laughs> wow, doctor. <laughs> Doctor, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because uh, no, his pronunciation is much better than me. So that's why I just I, I asked him to just uh, give a presentation about our company. So anyway, regarding introduction, actually, I should do that. <laughs> okay, so I'm the, currently the CTO and uh, developing the order processor of the our system from the our, our vehicle uh, rooftop uh, display. Actually, embedded kind of embedded system. And then we also develop some data pipeline and then software services, some solution web services. I'm coordinating all those things and then also developing some product and de defining some product of our solutions. So I'm currently working on this. And my background is actually, I got a PhD focusing on you know, some IoT, some solutions. So 
I was uh, worked for some the uh, no IoT uh, based uh, some system and real deployment uh, technical issues of deploying the real IoT devices on the field. And I have experience 15 years actually. So actually, the, I just joined two years ago here the, at Motoba, and then I regarding all the, uh, uh, actually the two achievements of our course. I just upgrade all the my experiences, and then I apply all the my knowledge to our company. And currently, we are going move on bigger things. Yeah, that's sure. <laughs> you, know, you know, like you know, he's going humble, and uh, he and I went to the same grad school, but it which was kind of separated. But like I heard about him too, and uh, I was very interested in his previous project, which was the medical wearable technologies, yeah. you know, like sending <laughs> signals to his brain so that he can cure like uh, Alzheimer's and other things. So I've been following his company since 2014. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, so uh, I knew like, I knew his, uh, you know, his company, I knew that. And then like recently I, I had a chance to meet him and then like we had in the very first conversation we had, I told him, hey, I really like your company. <laughs> And then he told me, so when do you want to join the company? <laughs> he was offered some tenure position in uh, great schools in Korea, and he decided to pursue entrepreneurship. So, wow. Uh, yeah, and uh, on, unlike other seniors in South Korea, he's very reachable and uh, amiable to, uh, to younger you know, juniors like myself. You know? Yeah, so um, it's good enough. <laughs> That's how it works. Too much, too much for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank, thank you for that. Super helpful. And then, and then, Shuyong, your background as research research scientist, are you uh, helping kind of execute on these smart city initiatives? Yeah, actually, I have uh, my background is way far from the smart cities. My background starts from the young. Uh, I actually have a background in finance and you know, banking. Then I pursue entrepreneurship throughout the National Science Foundation in the United States. So my very first career, I would say, was an entrepreneur throughout the uh, program called NSF I-Core, basically an incubator using the university technologies. So since then, I worked on a startup. We are co-founded a startup that went a series B right now, but I had to exit the company because of some political issues in the United States. I couldn't stay there anymore. Well, um, and anyway, I came back to Korea and I was interested in what, what is the firm and what decision strategy is the best in a situation like small companies like myself. So that's where I did my uh, grad school in the strategic management in a place called the KAIST, Korea Advanced Institute of Science and Technology. After that, my major is the technology innovation, actually. So I studied more about how the new technologies from the universities are applied to a society. In a more general term, then since then I worked as a public in a consultant in a public policy sector, usually science and technology. So I worked as a more applied economist about the like like measuring the policy facts and technology facts for the society. And then you know I had a chance. It was it was really really like you know pretty much like unexpected chance to to know like heard about this company. I was invited. Then I had a conversation and then I joined the company in two weeks, nearly two weeks, right? Two or three weeks. So right now in this company, I'm a research scientist. Pretty much what I'm doing is more of the economic scientist, social science perspective. So measuring productive facts 
And uh, one of the biggest issues we are doing is the smart cities, right? So how our device is actually impact and provide good economic utilities to society. And like advertisers and citizens are my most priority in this, uh, in this job. And I know you guys just published a new case study about how 5G can help city to improve the citizen's quality of life and make the city safer. And a lot of our audience are very interested in smart city and urban planning type of topics. So would you like to talk about the case study and what are some of the results findings that you guys have done? Yeah, um, so the purpose of this case study for the Mobile World Congress, uh, MWC, is how are we going to utilize the 5G infrastructure for the smart cities. So we are selected as the, the only case for the smart city using the 5G. The other cases were like a stadium, 5G and stadium, 5G for entertainment kind of things. But what we plan to do this year is using this 5G technology and our devices to make the better society. So the main purpose of the, the government is actually the safety, right? So we want to pursue perfectly safe society and organization, like in anywhere, that's what they do. And uh, to do that, we have developed a project called Urban Road Safety Management System. So that's the, the project is going to be used to, um, to use the data to evaluate individuals' road safety and the urban environment stability and health risk in real time so that we can notify them throughout the mobile app. So we plan to build a system to notify the nearby vehicles about in emergency situations when a traffic accident or hazard has been identified in the region first. And then local government officials and the transport authorities will be, will be able to access real-time maps that indicate the level of risk in each part of the city. At the same time, uh, this project also has um, other other part of the feasibility that uh, one thing is the um, air quality issue. In South Korea, air quality has been one of the most um, important issues, topics for past 20 years, pretty much all Asia, East Asia countries. Right now, the most of air quality monitoring stations are located far from where we live, usually 14 meters above the ground. So actually what we see as a number, an air quality number is very different from what we are actually inhaling, breathing. So to theoretically the air quality data collected from the monitoring station is likely deviated, right? From what we are actually breathing. So to, um, by informing more correct data on the street level to the citizens and government and policymakers, I think uh, we can increase the health, um, our health risk and the social utilities. And uh, our internal studies and uh, like some consulting studies has identified that we will and you know, possibly we can achieve to reduce the about $50 per person social cost as we employ this, this system in the city of Incheon. So, yeah. Very interesting. So, I mean, I took a, a, a read through your case study. And I want to kind of like understand maybe the commercial model for this. I know that, you know, there's definitely like a health, safety um, and environmental component to the offering, but it seems like the natural buyer for your technology is our cities, right? So it seems like there's an agreement with cities and also an arrangement with the actual vehicles, whether they be Uber, Lyfts, or maybe it's a, I know there's cacao cars in, in 
Korea. That's how they call cars and maybe taxis. Yeah. So maybe that may, there's also that arrangement of it where there's um, kind of a fee maybe paid for having the advertisement and sensors on board the vehicles. So I'm happy to kind of learn the ecosystem of this commercial model and how it all works together to deliver this kind of safety and, and environmentally sustainable uh, offering. That's a tough question and really good questions. Yeah. Um, so actually what I would say about our top company is that we are doing a deep tech, right? Um, so we, it is an infrastructure business, not only technology business. We have to first, you know, employ our devices and solve commercial challenges while we are developing our technology, you know, at the same time, like developing an operation. So that's what you're saying is actually a huge former because we are making traffic, we are only startup, we are creating market in South Korea. And unlike other other startups in other other companies in this market, we are pursuing smart city integrated, uh, the smart you know display and the advertisements. So in terms of the business model, maybe maybe we can talk about business model first, or we'll just touch a little bit about business model. Is what we make what makes us differentiated is actually the um, integration and utilities or capabilities to utilize our data. So one example is uh, how we make money from the government is maybe um, Incheon Big Data Sharing System is another system we have developed recently. Basically, this is a real life minority report. Do you guys, have you guys seen the minority report? No? No, okay, I guess, I guess. Minja, you're too young. <laughs> so basically it is a system that predicts the possibility of the potential crimes to prevent the crimes or the, at least to respond very quickly. So we, with the data and the national post data and the environment data that we have gathered all together with the city of Incheon, we have actually made, made a program and build a model that predicts where is going to happen the crime and what is the possibility. Like this kind of system, we make money with the governments. We not only just provide the, provide the data itself, we also make the systems and more highly sophisticated AI algorithms. We were gonna talk about this more um, deeply later, but um, we also do the targeting advertisements to the citizens. So that makes also bigger money, I guess. Uh, anything to add, Doctor? Yeah, and actually, when we have uh, more profits, then we share this profit with the taxi drivers. So the taxi drivers, by equipping with our devices, they can they earn more money. And also, the regarding uh, the advertisement, we we actually offer some inventories to the government officer. Then they can manage those inventories to provide the, the more advertisement for the. Uh, Local SMB, uh, small business, SMB, yeah, so, so, yeah, yeah, SMB. So, so the local we, restaurants, yeah, yeah, right, right. So yeah. we are building this ecosystem yeah, by sharing yeah. our profits yeah, right. to the other mature the uh, industries yeah, 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 and the stakeholders. All right. Yeah, this is amazing. This is a good idea. I mean, we don't we don't have anything like this in the U.S., right? I mean, like in in Las Vegas, this could potentially work. Is, is the product offering only in South Korea at the moment? Yeah, but uh, we, we actually really want to expand our, our business to other country, but it's on, on the plane. Yeah, so we plan to go global um, sometime soon. Okay. And um, how, many, how many cars or 
you know, cabs, Ubers, Lyfts are you integrated with today? So in South Korea, all the rideshare platforms are prohibited. So only taxis can operate. So we are only mounting our devices on taxi only. And so far, we are running about 1,200 installed only. Or uh, yeah. uh, in, South Korea. in South Korea, pretty much we are operating on three different central cities. Incheon, which is where our base, and the Seoul, South Korea, the biggest city mm-hmm. in Korea, and the Daejeon. So another one of five metropolitan. And we are operating about 1,200 so far. Wow. And then, I don't know, maybe that maybe Dr. Kim knows this question or answers this question, but what does that equate to? And like, how many data points are you ingesting every single day? Is it like millions of data points that feed through those 1,200 cars to your to your platform? Yeah, actually, we, we just samples the, the data every second and then depends on the data type. So, for instance, a census from the inertial measurement unit, actually sampling rate is like, you know, a hundred of samples per second, for instance, in that case, and then the microphone cases is higher than that. And for other cases, it's just one samples per second, so that we collect a lot of, a lot of data. Yeah, yeah, a lot of data. Yeah. So much data. I have a few more questions, but do we have a hard stop in six minutes, or you guys can stay for another five, ten minutes? Yeah, I mean, we, we have time. We, uh, this is yeah, only yeah. 9 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the first question I have is for the business model, since you work with the government, I don't know how easy or how hard it is for you guys to expand to other countries. And also on the cybersecurity side, like how can you ensure that the data is safe? And what if there's a leak or a hack? and things like that. I'm not an expert. So that's why we need Dr. Kim to explain. Regarding the cybersecurity, you know, uh, actually we basically do well, most of the things that we know actually so far. We are doing actually, we apply the, the device authentication, data secure communication, and then secure update of our software and firmware, but we cannot protect all the things, right? So anyway, the, just to, for the emergency case, our uh, vehicle devices basically has some kind of emergency switch. So just when, because our devices has some, you know, displays, right? So if the hacker, just hacker installs some, some strange content, in that case, just the driver can turn off our devices. This is the final case, a final action. Yeah, so um, to add a little, we have an edge AI within the device that processes pretty much all the data. So far, we have uh, we collect real time. And um, what we do first is, uh, the foremost, is actually de-identification. Yeah, right. So even if hackers come in, they, you know, the very first thing, because as soon as we collect data, it goes to de-identification process. Hackers will not be able to identify or track down the personal information. Yeah, right. So um, that's... That's one first thing. And then we can, in the last, at the very last moment, we can also turn off the physical yeah. switch. And also, at the, also, you know, there are protocols, you know, traditional protocols that um, people usually operate in the systems required for the securities. We are, you know, abiding all those law and the protocols. So um, that's how much we are doing. And uh, if there are any more, um, you know, advice on this side please let us know it's yeah, always a concern <laughs> yeah. in any it company yes. so anyway basically regarding the privacy anyway the as he mentioned 
we never collect the privacy sensitive data uh, from our device. Yeah, that's the one thing I really like about the case study, how you guys explain the de-identification process when you collect the data, so you blur that individual's face. Um, mm -hmm. Las Vegas is the new smart city. And I went through <laughs> a presentation by the city of Las Vegas, and they use you know big data to collect a lot of the world condition information, and then the sensors, the cameras that they installed on those street lights, they all blur the individual's face, so they will not collect the individual yeah. identity. Yeah, yeah, actually, it's almost similar actually with the case. So, because as you mentioned, we have an HAI device, and then HAI devices just you know it's the device embedded in our vehicle display, and it processes all all, all those vision AIs. So actually do the anonymization and then just send the metadata to the cloud. So we never collect the image, raw image data actually. I think Las Vegas needs something like this. Don't yeah. you think so, Andrew? Yeah, for all those people that uh, want to make sure they're not seen in Vegas would be very valuable to them. So There are a lot of taxis on the strip. Yeah, no, this this is I think Vegas makes logical sense as kind of a next city for for expansion for for you. We uh, we we hope partners to work with because um, going global is pretty risky business for uh, for a startup. You know, like so, our company has been it's been only two years since our Series A, so there are a lot for us to go and the resources are the you know, most important thing so far we have. And what about your product delivery timeline? I saw it in a case study. What is your timeline of expanding to other countries and then the production of those displays or how does that work? Uh, so we, we actually, we are manufacturing commercial devices. We are discussing with some other countries, actually just in a very, in a very abstract level to either, you know, employee or sell to uh, export our devices to other countries right now. Uh, it depends, you know, commercial like business timeline will depend on the like uh, shortage problem <laughs> as well because the Texas Blizzard has yeah, come yeah. very bad to our business as well. But um, yeah, so far we plan to expand up to 5,000, 6,000 in South Korea this year, at least up to 7,000. And uh, hopefully, hopefully around 10,000 is our maximum goal, only in South Korea. And then probably we are going to start small in a small country, small, small scale. And then I wish, I wish we can go to the United States by this end of this year. Um, I know there are some companies doing that in the New York City, you know, Chicago and uh, San Francisco, but no one has touched in Las Vegas yet. So <laughs> the pressure is on me. I will, I, will try to, I will try to make the introduction. I think there's something you can leverage, you can pull there. Okay, so um, what is another question? I think that is pretty much it from my end. Or do we want to go with a bigger, bigger scope question? What do you think the future of smart city is? What's in your vision of what a smart city should look like? You should tell me. We are very. I'm very <laughs> smart city industry. How well? so? But um. So from CES, there are a lot of smart city sections, like, and uh, I'm starting to learn smart cities 
and very little bit limited amount of knowledge that I have. I think the next step, so far, smart city projects are pretty much focused on the autonomous and the convenience of the users. But what we are actually pursuing is a safety, safety and the health. And those are the, I think, the next step. And we like to work as enablers. Like, so when we talk about autonomous vehicles, the smart cities and like technologies, they have some synchronization issues. All the companies have collected different types of data in a different level. I think we can unite them in one single channel because uh, we, we can operate in pretty much any cars, right? So I think we can do two things, work as an enabler because pretty much we can partner with any other platform, like from, you know, even offline, pretty much traditional company like stakeholders, like mechanics and the drivers, we can drag them into the smart city ecosystem, which is we're doing. And then we can promote digital, digital you know, transformation for the government by we provide you know, data that's really important for like a BIM model, B model, and like you know, digital twin, all the thing. Mm -hmm. And um, lastly, we can directly pursue a perfectly safe society as we can you know, work in this data environment, urban environment data to, the, to, to serve the citizen. Yes. And this is, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dr. Kim, would you like to yeah. add on that? Yeah, and also we are also doing some kind of project. I think it will be the future of the smart city. So we're going to record all the smart city data and then we're going to provide, you know, change as a service, which means we're going to provide some services compare the past from the present and the future from our AI model. So by leveraging our infrastructure and data, you can see just how our cities has been changed so far, and then you can focus the, your future of the city. So this is one of the, our smart data vision. Andrew, would you like to add on that? You do a lot of stuff in PropTech. Yeah, I do, I guess, technically. Um, no, I think I think smart cities, it's um it's a tough way to describe a city because I think it's the very technologies that um Motov is like developing from an infrastructure standpoint that makes a city actually smart. So I think it really has to come from the ground up. And so I think starting to integrate some of these pieces of technology that provide direct feedback to actually give kind of the city a brain is the next level of, of where we can see some of this technology kind of shifting towards in the future. So I think this is very apropos for this conversation with this kind of unique offering. I'm really excited to, to follow you guys on, on LinkedIn and uh, see uh, what you guys do next. Make sure you follow him. Andrew, would you like to ask me that question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ninja, um, you have a very unique perspective as well because you're kind of at this nexus of, of all these conversations happening around, I guess, smart cities, prop tech, commercial real estate tech, however you want to frame it. But uh, yeah, I'm really happy to, or curious to hear your thoughts on, on where you think the direction is headed in the future. So in my imagination, when I think about smart city, the first thing that comes up in my mind is a sign that says, welcome to the fabulous Las Vegas. 
Um, anyway, so from that smart city presentation I mentioned earlier by the city of Las Vegas, there's a quote from that presentation that really inspired me. So the city of Las Vegas jurisdiction during the pandemic, they provided free Wi-Fi to all of the students from kindergarten to 12th grade high school during the pandemic for free. This is not only an access to the internet, it's an access to education and opportunity. And they are the next generation who will help building our city. So that quote really inspired me to you know, learn more about technology, prop tech, and smart city and how we can impact mm-hmm. our city and make our community better. Yeah, well, that's uh, it's more economic side. That's actually what Nobel Prize winner Paul Walmer and his advisor has you know, insisted in our state. So for since 19, 1990, so I guess you'd be interested in becoming an economist anytime soon. Um, no, I, I say a lot of those things because I hang out with politicians too much. <laughs> and that's what they like to say in their speeches. But I really enjoyed this episode. Yeah. I learned a lot from all of you. And I cannot wait to see your company keeps growing. And hopefully we'll be able to see your products one day. In yeah, your- yeah. I mean, you, you have a heavy yeah. shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. We expect a lot from you. Yeah. Hopefully Las Vegas, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for having us inviting us. This is our thank first guest yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You guys thank did you. great. Thanks so much. Thank, thank you so much, much guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.